Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast, the mini-sode edition. So season 11, baby. Yeah, I am one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm Evan. I'm your other host, and welcome back, everyone. Thank you all for joining us. We're so glad that you guys seem to really like these mini-sodes. We really like doing them. And we said it in one of our main episodes. We're sorry that we're not doing mini-sodes of the Hall of Shames, but it felt like doing a recap of a thing that was already a recap, and we didn't really know how to handle that. Because, like, I feel like a lot of the plot lines that are going to be involved in Hall of Shame are not really going to be ones that help progress the current season. So I feel like it's just kind of like the filler, the filler episode. So it's not like it's like our luckily our mini pods are already filler episodes for our other episodes. So like it just would be too much. <laughs> We'd basically yeah. have three different shows going on at once. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a lot. So we're just gonna let the Hall of Shames be what they are. Um, we really enjoyed the Ian and Mickey one and the Kevin V one, honestly. And the I still need to watch that one, but I heard it was really, really good. It was pretty. It was pretty okay. It was pretty all right. Um, and the next one that we have to watch is the uh, the the lip one. Yeah, they just I'm advertised that lip that one. You said it's like what him like telling Fred a story, which I, I'm so excited. Yeah, I think Fred has like a cold and can't sleep, so Lip stays up with him and like reads him a bedtime story. I think that was the premise that they put out in the synopsis. I'm so excited. But for now, let's talk about 1104. And what we watched just the other night, right now it is Monday the 11th. I'm going to edit this and get it out as fast as I can. Uh, But we aren't going to get another new episode until the 31st or until the 30th or the 31st. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until the 31st because uh, the next week is going to be a Hall of Shame. And then that's going to happen. And then I think the next one after that is like February 10th because they finished filming episode eight and then had to go into basically another two month lockdown uh, is it just like, what certain like is it all of like warner brothers is shut down is that what they, that's what lot they should it's on, like right? most production in los angeles has been shut down god damn because they're like they're a major covid hotspot so it's it's for everybody's safety and like yeah it sucks that we're gonna have to wait to see the end of the series but like i would like all the cast and crew to be safe and healthy for yeah, the whole series like, at least i'm glad they're at least keeping some precaution and everything and like i remember we were already talking about like how they made everyone was like on set was already quarantined for like two weeks prior to returning and all that stuff so at least fucking take precaution that's like the best thing we can do even though it sucks that they're gonna be spending so long just waiting to film because what they have four episodes left to film yeah, I don't know if they finished eight, but the, yeah, they have to do nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. And until then, we've got this podcast. Yes, so you do. <laughs> okay, so let's start. I'm gonna just randomly go in groupings because the way that eleven oh four is storyline laid out felt Which like one groupings. Was this, come? was this not in my backyard? This was not in my yeah, everybody wondering what N I M B Y NIMBY stands for not in my backyard is the name of this episode um i didn't look up who wrote it or directed it or anything i don't really do that kind of research for the minisodes i just keep i just jump right into it Um, simple so let's start off with the one that i hated so much it made me physically ill carl's storyline i i i really did not enjoy watching that um i me and sebastian were watching it together and I cringed at every single point. I, I'm glad. I'm happy they are doing it in a sense. But I saw this really good post that was like, "Yeah, they're 
bringing light to situations regarding like POC individuals and uh, police brutality and like also people just taking advantage of their position and in their power of control. But you're having a POC woman commit such a hateful disturbance. Then you have the token white boy to sit there, watch the system go down and then not say anything and then try to have a redemption kind of thing at the very end, just returning it. Like, I feel like one thing that should be thrown out at the writers being like how they're just excusing being able to show such a graphic, like that vulnerable moment on television to have it not even really be like focused on. And like, this is a bad thing. Like Carl didn't say a fucking thing, not a thing. And like, just, I understood the symbolizing of like, giving it back to her then and I'm glad he did that but I'm like you can't just have him just be the token white boy who like is so nice and he's a good cop now but like he just sat there and let that happen and also the writers need to be told not to fucking do that because it's I bet they're gonna do another scenario regarding him and it's just gonna probably get worse until he's gonna be like maybe I should say something like it just it doesn't seem like it's going in a good direction any more than it already has been yeah, especially after they introduced with the white male cop that has never pulled his gun on anybody and was just sort of coasting by, and then just an aggressive black woman as his new partner. Like, I want to find and- this post because I want to credit whoever made that because they really said some like, like really strong things. I just looked it up. Sherman Payne is credited as the writer on this episode, so. It at least wasn't an entirely white writers' room because John Abbott and Paul or uh, Paul Abbott and John Wells' names are still on every episode. Um, but like this episode felt not just for this purpose, but this episode felt so racist. Yeah, um, it was um, it was almost it was very uncomfortable. Like they have dealt with race obviously plenty of times in this this series, but like this one just felt really like. It mean it just upset, unsettling, upsetting. Like it just was like, it just hurt to watch. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, it reduces your rewatchability of your episode. Putting in an attack of a black trans woman, I can't watch that again. Yeah, especially like being a part of the trans community, like just watching her publicly have fun humiliating this woman and like commenting multiple times on her appearance and like I think she made good comment like but like what's under her dress or something like that or whatever I just it just was so it just I don't know it just was brutal just in out of nowhere like not out of nowhere in the whole context but just how it went zero to a hundred like zero to a hundred because like the one scene was just like back off and then the next scene she's literally sexually assaulting and harassing this poor woman on the side of the street it was it was fucking awful to watch and it God, I really, like, I don't want Carl to be, like, a white savior character, but I also want him to open his fucking eyes. Yeah, I hope get they, out of this. I hope they use him in, like, a better, lighter manner than just, because I'm glad they did have him, obviously. Like, you could see in his face that he was like, what the fuck? Like, this shouldn't be happening. This is ridiculous. And he did say something small, like, hey, that's that's enough. But... It just, I feel like his silence was too, way too loud, way too loud until yeah. the very ending. And like, I don't want to give him brownie points for using the correct pronouns for her the whole time, but like, it, at least he didn't misgender her. Woohoo, I guess. Um, so that sucked, and I hated that. 
And uh, moving on to another one that sort of sucked that I hated. Um, it's Debbie. It's Debbie. I hate Debbie. Yeah, um, Debbie's getting on my nerves. I did like the scene in the kitchen with Franny with the super glue in her hair and Sandy and Debbie. And like when Sandy's like, you're pushing this princess idea on her because of your own fucked up childhood situation. Like, yes, Sandy, please say more. And the little miss and Mickey coming up with the solution of going to the cancer hospital, the kids cancer hospital to get a wig. Genius, Mickey. Little smart little man. But Debbie sucks. Debbie's like, V, I have it just as bad as you because I grew up in a in a shitty house. Debbie, you're still a white woman. Yeah, Debbie, you're still a white woman in a not good area. Like, you still already, from the get-go, she already has the upper hand compared to everyone else. And I'm glad that the show made it very clear that Debbie was the one in the wrong in this situation, where, like, everything out of Debbie's mouth is like, you realize how dumb you sound, right? Let's also discuss that little moment, though, when she and Sandy are walking, and Sandy's like, I don't live with my family anymore, and there's like wild speculation about what that means, but like I think she just moved in with the Milkovich with the Gallaghers, and Debbie hasn't noticed. Yeah, like I think because I remember we spoke about this last time. Like, remember how like she was being sketchy outside in that alleyway? She Debbie was like, "Hey, where are you?" And she was like, "Doesn't matter." And then now this whole trip, like I don't know, it just seems weird. Like I don't think like her and Sandy are gonna end up together i think it's just kind of gonna be like a small little fling shameless can write in here and there to keep people kind of like involved because i know i know a lot of people enjoy sandy and like personally i really like sandy she's a funny addition and i love more queer characters especially queer mecha bitches who fucking disobey their family um (laughs) but but it's also just the Milkovich move. You get attached to a Gallagher, you move into the house, with or without asking. And more than not, that Gallagher is booked up. <laughs> yeah. Mandy did it. She just sort of moved in with Lip. And then Mickey did it. He moved in in season four. And now Sandy did it. She moved in and just none of them notice until it's pointed out. Because, like, them. every scene we normally see if Mandy is in... I mean, oh my god, Mandy. Sandy, Mandy, so many goddamn names. Um... <laughs> Like, Sandy, like, it's almost her, it's always her and Debbie waking up in the Gallagher house. So, like, that's what we imply. Because, like, they've been dating since, what, like, mid-season 10 or, like, end of season 10-ish? Sandy is straight up co-parenting this child. No, literally. Literally. <laughs> but Debbie's still like, wait, where do you live? She fucking lives in your room, Debbie. Another thing, like, I did, which was a bit interesting that I noticed, is that, um... They really built up this Little Miss Southside storyline for, like, the last, like, two episodes. And then what was that? They didn't show anything. We didn't see any of, like, their talents. And then, of course, like, I definitely expected Franny to just, like, end up going up there and, like, no, not saying anything or doing anything. Because from the last couple episodes, you know she doesn't want to do shit for that thing. But, like, we didn't, no, we saw nothing. We saw nothing yeah. about it. And they didn't talk about it at the end, like, whoever, like we ended up seeing who wins but like what 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 was that they built this they piped it up for so long and then it was just like five people in a gymnasium and then like there was more there was more contestants than there were people in the crowd i do love though that this storyline the ended up with something cool beginning for veronica she was approached by a council member to maybe run for something she was working in the chicago like uh democratic something that she just like because he was like you really know how to like speak and i think he wanted to like 
like use her for references on projects i guess regarding the south side and like the so she could be like the eyes for that south side and like that kind of thing and i was like yes me good for you because i i, I really liked her big speech like it kind of seemed random but i'm glad they did say it because it was actually like it was like also put debbie in her fucking place <laughs> I love people recognizing potential in V. They did it in season 10 with the drug rep thing. And then they're doing it in, in this season with this. Like, yes, V is incredibly smart and use her. So I like the whole Debbie storyline sucked. But the fact that it ended up in something cool starting for V was really nice. Also, can we talk about Franny cutting her hair, being the rebel that she is? I'm so proud of her. I can't. I, I wonder what they're going to do with that whole storyline because I think... Well, in the next episode, uh, the description part of it for Franny says she... De- I think Sandy takes Debbie to go... Or takes... Sandy takes Franny to go see Franny's favorite wrestler. <gasps> Ooh. I right? love I love tomboy Franny trope. But then I, I, I'm really sad that they, like, totally ignored her, like, oral boy kind of comment to Frank um so far but obviously she's still like a child so they're probably not gonna like dive in like trans franny (laughs) but that would be powerful as well we can dream we can absolutely dream love like whole trans not trans boy what i'm trying to say tomboy franny like i love that like but debbie needs to calm down that's getting on my nerves like let your child be a child for once yeah um okay so should we do frank and kevin liam or should we do ian and mickey you want to do Frank and Kevin Liam? Yeah, let's do them. So the Frank and I Kevin. Have, I have some things to say about that as well. <laughs> well, first of all, the scene of Frank standing at the fence talking to Terry Milkovich saying, yeah, Terry, I do think I'm better than you. I think everybody is better than you. And you know what? That's the first thing Frank Gallagher has ever said that I'm like, you are 100% correct. Like, even, I love even, like, like later in the episode when Ian and Mickey are talking together, it was like, the Milkoviches are the worst, but the Gallagher's are only, like, a step above you guys. And I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, at least you put Ian in his place. Because <laughs> you can't absolutely- talk shit against the Milkoviches. Everyone, like, the Milkoviches, the only reason they're lower than the fucking Gallagher's is because they're homophobic and racist. <laughs> the absolute fear I have in my heart for Liam, though, the entire episode, Liam's like, oh, you know what we should do? We should get the ever-loving fuck out of here. That's, I love him. And, like, Kev was like, yeah. <laughs> Liam's like, that's that's the solution. We get up and we move. I love that Kev also, Kev and V are also like, the Milkovich is not going to be that bad. And then they see the Confederate flag and they're like, oh, uh, no, this shit needs to get taken care of He's, ASAP. Like, handle this. And, like, the the Kev and and Liam of it all, just like Kev is nice and stupid and is trying to do something to protect his family. Liam is fucking terrified. Terry Milkovich needs to die. And like we said, Sandy says it in the episode too, the Milkoviches just multiply. We will never know how many there are. Oh yeah. We will never know the grand total of the scale of Milkoviches, but it is too many. And they're all disgusting. Like the more they show up, the dirtier they are. Yeah. And within all of that, we have a little moment, too, of Frank forgetting what they had just done only one hour ago. Yeah, they were they were all sitting back at, like, Kevin V's, and he suggested a plan they just did. And then he tried to, like, backtrack on himself and, like, 
try to be like, oh, that's that's not what I meant. You're stupid. And then came up with a different plan. You could see Kevin, like, Kev especially was just like, the fuck the entire time he was speaking. Like, just looking at him weird. So this is what, like, the second or third instance now of Frank, like, wholeheartedly forgetting something. Because first we had the... The, a bunch of times in the Francis Franny episode, and then did we have anything last episode with him forgetting? I don't remember. The last episode was Francis and Franny. That was the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh damn. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot Hall of Shame's been taking up so much time. I forget how many episodes have been out. <laughs> also, before we get to the Ian and Mickey of it all, I completely forgot an entire other storyline because I hated it so much. The Lip and Tammy one. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, what my biggest gripe with it is the writers really wrote that entire speech for Tammy at the end and went, this is completely original. We've never done a story like this before, especially with Lip involved. We don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Who are Ian and Cash? Like that speech that Tammy gave that just described Ian. Yeah. Like, and then Lip like comforted her in a sense. And I was just like, what is happening here? Like, I couldn't tell at first, like, what was going on like at the dinner or whatever because like from the get-go I was like confused like even what this was about and then I just like didn't really pay attention to what Tammy and the other guy were saying because I didn't care about them but I was just like watching Lip the entire time and mm, he was pissed anytime either of them would speak he would just have like the nastiest look on his face like I would just like if for once the writers watched their own show so that in that conversation Lip could be like you know my 15-year-old brother was groomed by a 30-year-old like man. After they edit it, they don't even watch it. They just send it to Showtime and go here. Like, I, it, the fact that they wrote it down and did it and went, this is, we've, this is completely original. This is a new conversation we're starting. Nobody will remember that this is literally the beginning of Ian's storyline. I, listen, like, I didn't like how she normalized it so much from the get-go. Like, even, like, like I, I felt uncomfortable. They went to brunch together, and then she was like, they're coming over for dinner. And he was like, we saw them, like, four hours ago. Like, I just thought that was a bit excessive. And then I feel like it definitely, like, obviously she had some realization at the end of her, like, uh, and at the end of that storyline of, like, oh, my God, I was manipulated. I was young, but I was, like, they were batting us around for so long. Like, I couldn't even tell what was happening until she mentioned, like, high school. And then I was like, oh, oh, I'm uncomfortable now. Also, just quick question. Um, Fred? Where the fuck was Fred? Yeah, where was he? I, I noticed that, too. I When me and Sebastian were watching together, I was like, where's the baby? <laughs> I was like, they weren't at brunch. The baby wasn't at home when they were coming over for dinner. I didn't see no one hold that baby at all. Like, where, where the, just where the fuck was Fred? And I don't even remember a mention of, like, oh, Fred is at your mom's today, or Fred is at your sister's. Where's Fred? <sighs> like, I'm guessing maybe at grandma's, like, definitely at Tammy's family's, but nope, no mention of where the baby is. So, yeah, I just, just with wide eyes, I was watching that. I'm like, they, they wrote that down and didn't realize that that was just the Ian storyline from season one. They just. I felt like. It was pointless from for this like time like line of this season. Like that's like obviously not going to be mentioned or brought up again at all for the rest of the seat of the season. And this is the ending of the show. So like, 
what there's there was no real reason for that. I feel like if they if the writers used their brains, they could have used that to either start a new storyline or advance something they've already been basically working on because they've been like fighting on and off like every single episode so far. And now, what, like, I like, honestly what? feel like they just didn't know what to do with Lip for this episode, so they came up with some bullshit for Tammy. Like, it just felt really like not out of place because Shameless always throws you those random storylines every all the time. So, like, it's something we're used to in the series, but like, it felt no relevancy to anyone else's storylines. It had no relevance to any of Lip and Tammy's and Fred's storylines from the previous. Like, for the last two episodes, they've been crying. Like, last episode, the baby. What about like? And it only had the loosest connection to in the previously on when he mentioned they were doing home renovation. And then when the guy comes over, he talks shit about Lip's home. That was it. That was the loosest connection. And then like also that argument is so invalid because they're renting. So he's only doing as much as he thinks will make that house stable enough. He's not going to obviously advance and make like a whole fucking condo for himself on the south side when renting the location. Maybe it was to point out that Tammy likes, like, successful men that, like, own places and that he is less than. I think it's a jab that they lived on the South Side and she ended up with, like, someone who's considered underneath her fucking pedophile professor. Also, that girl was 17. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Not even 18. They don't. Nope. They didn't even give us that. No, 17. Not even... A graduated high school senior. Yeah. Like, it would have been bad enough if she was just looking for colleges. But she was like, no, I'm still trying to finish high school. I was like, you really went that young? I thought with the beginning when they show up for dinner, when they do the braces remark. At first, I interpreted it as in he obviously has, like, a thing for younger girls. But I thought it was just going to be the, like, the 20-ish year old girl who just acts like a child who dresses like a child who like still like looks like a child like that whole like quote-unquote trope of like females because like her having braces so i was like oh people who are older do have braces mm, nope 17 the world's favorite tiktoker has braces right now though she won't show them to anybody who is that hawk hates you oh <gasps> hawk has braces yeah that's why every video now is from the nose up she won't show her braces on tiktok good good for her i'm <laughs> glad she has so she Doing well with her money. Do it. I love it. So, like, yeah. No, I agree. And I... God, that storyline sucked. I was so mad about it. And it just sucks because we know it's not going to go anywhere. And it's not going to do anything for them at all. It just added more tension to them for an episode. And for someone else to be molested, basically. Like, it was just like... Tammy was probably statutory raped and all that stuff. But I realized they didn't say how old Tammy was when she dated him. They just said they dated for a couple months in high school so i guess you have to put her in the same like 16 18 age group yeah all right but now for something a little better the ian and mickey storyline uh which i i enjoyed it i thought it was funny (laughs) i really enjoyed it too so like it really distracted me in the first scene when mickey comes downstairs uh there's many layers to that scene but the first one was i saw ian watching tv and it was the harley quinn tv show and my bird brain was like haha harley quinn tv show gay ian gay this is funny and then our reigning lovely guest lena texted and was like amanda it's also funny because cam is the joker i was like no you're right There's even a shot when Mickey blocks the television. It's just the Joker over his shoulder. And for context, the character of the Joker is in like 
three episodes of the Harley Quinn TV show. They picked like just the scenes the with scene. the Joker. Yeah, they, they did wholeheartedly did that on purpose. They're like, haha, can't remember when you tried to leave our show to be on Gotham. <laughs> Oh, that was, but then also another layer to that scene was soft morning. Hey, how you doing? Grabbing him with the shoulders, soft little touches. And people were pointing out Mickey was realizing the signs of a downswing in Ian, that he was drinking a little bit at the end of the last episode, that he was depressed. He was overeating. He wasn't moving. So Mickey is like, well, get up, get dressed. We got a plan. We got a thing to do. Like, I love him. It's giving me like season five vibes. <laughs> a big agree. Big agree on that. Uh, yeah, that was Just very like cute. Take your pills, bitch. <laughs> and Mickey being like, I'm your boss. And then later on when they're like getting ready and it's legal, it's them transporting money for legal weed for a legal business, which is very nice. And then when they're, when Ian gets out of the shower, all beefed up. And Beef cake o'clock. Beefcake. People are getting angry at Ian's aggression this season. I don't read it as aggression. He is frustrated. Like, yeah, I don't are. read it as aggression. He's going through. We still got pandemic. He lost his job. Him and Mickey have been fighting the last like two episodes or whatever. Like, he's just a, being a normal human being, being under pressure and stress. Like, and he normally has mood issues because he is bipolar. He's not completely stable. Men- he's mental illness and medical conditions that will definitely put him in those types of scenarios and like emotions and feelings. And his husband has no self-preservation instincts. Yeah, and his husband's a fucking jack, a dumbass. <laughs> like Mickey is loving and wonderful and comforting, but has no self-preservation instincts. So he's like, yeah, of course I carry an unregistered gun, even though I'm a convicted felon. I don't, what's the problem? What are you <laughs> talking like, about? You have a gun. He was like, that's why it's not registered, dumbass. I'm like, what are you, you're calling him dumbass. And so people thought he was, like, being mean with Mickey when he was like, well, what happens if you go back to prison? But, like, go back and watch that again. He looks near tears Well, like he doesn't that. want his husband to go back to jail. The fuck? Like, he doesn't want him to just get pulled over and then have a freaking unlicensed gun and then get in trouble for, like, God knows how long. He knows that could break them. And, like, that's not okay. So, yeah. And then in the store, Mickey has been pulling Ian's strings forever. When he walked away to get Ian to agree to be with and the i'm not wearing that outfit unless you're wearing it with me adorable they look so cute in their little fatigues i love that they look so funny they look like they're like trick-or-treating what did they call them seal team dick (laughs) i think so honestly that's the name of the business seal team dick i had one complaint when they went in the grow house and the girl was like are you guys ex-military and mickey was the one going like yeah and trying to bullshit that Mickey, your husband is literally ex-military. Because, like, the girl's like, are you mil- are you Navy, Army, Air Force? And he's like, yeah, all that shit. <laughs> and she's like, cool. <laughs> like, your husband got kicked out of, but was in the military. <laughs> Why don't you let him lie about your military experience? But I do love, I liked what you said about the conversation of Ian and Mickey in the store, when he said... Because I didn't like him defending the Milkoviches in front of Frank, but I also agree. He's like, no, my families are gross, racist, sexist, homophobic people who tried to murder us. But fuck your dad. He doesn't get to feel superior. The characters get no credit compared to the Milkoviches, only in those, like, 
they're a little more accepting. And sometimes even that can waver because how many homophobic, transphobic remarks have all of those characters made, regardless of them knowing another queer character or having literally Ian be their brother. Like, you can put so many things, like, in a ball compared to all of them. But yeah, definitely the Gallagher's are only, like, a step up because they're not as racist, as homophobic, as transphobic. Yeah. But I love Mickey's like, no, I recognize that my family sucks, but I'm not going to let your family say that my family sucks. I'm glad he put his foot down because Ian can't be like, my family's better. It's like, no, you guys both have fucking fucked up families and fucked up fathers. I like the line on the porch in the first scene. He's like, anybody here thinks they're a product of good parenting, go ahead and raise your hand. You're right and you should say it. But overall, other than you retract Carl and Tammy, just take it and throw it away. And Debbie. Half of Debbie because the V storyline was good. Uh, it was a good episode. I liked it. I thought it was good. I like as gross as the so far the Milkovich storyline has been handled. Like I really thought it was like I thought like Kev, Frank and Liam storyline was like really funny. And I like that pairing of people because I feel like we haven't seen that pairing really before. So it was like really cool to see that. And like I love seeing more of Liam and I love Liam trying to put everyone in their fucking place. <laughs> I love the line of Kev when Kev, Frank and Liam are outside of that house and uh kev says we're the wrong color for them to talk to us and liam's like i'm right here but kev's like yeah but if frank was any whiter he'd be clear and i'm like you're right (laughs) and then frank just like looks at him (laughs) (laughs) i but it's good i think they're i think we we forgot to (laughs) the freaking kev he just printed out photos of like the confederate flag and like the nazi symbol and started burning them and like i really like i thought that was hilarious but then I hated the Milkoviches. I was like, those are just some paper. Our racist, homophobic, transphobic, it's in our blood. And I was like, ew. But also the whole Milkovich storyline hit a little bit different after January 6th. Like, oh, oh. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> it was like, it was, a, it was, it some poor timing on Shameless's part, I do think. But that was the episode. I enjoyed it. And the next episode is going to be a Hall of Shame. And then the one after that is called Slaughter. Slaughter, yes. I think yeah. it's another, I think it's another kind of Milkovic-centric one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then Ian and Mickey getting more into their security business. People think that the camo kiss was cut from this episode. I don't think it was. I think the camo kiss is going to be in the next one. The, when they're at the dispensary or whatever, the lady basically offered them a job. So their, their storyline probably is going to be them working for that company or whatever. So they're probably going to be wearing those outfits for the next couple of episodes or yeah, God knows how scene, long this is going to blow out for. There's that like outdoor location scene that everybody saw them film where they get like pulled over in a truck and like they're get, they're in those camo outfits for a long fucking time. Obviously like they wouldn't get pulled over and we already saw that they only got like a grand for Kevin V. So like I feel like that wouldn't happen unless they are transporting way more money, which is what probably is going to happen with regarding this dispensary or whatever. Also, I, I I know my fair share of weed knowledge, but I don't know of a dispensary that you just walk in and the plants are just hanging out in the, and it's a hangout room. Like, I've, I've never seen it that way before. <laughs> well, they're not a dispensary. They're the product supplier. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's like a farmer's market for weed. <laughs> Uh, but I'm excited for that storyline. I'm very into that. I hate how invested I am with what's happening with Frank, but I, I am. I'm so curious because like we all were, we were predicting like he's going to get sick and get COVID, but like dementia, I feel like 
I didn't we talked about this how like Frank isn't really given anything for like the last like couple of like storylines and then now we're given something that we actually want to like focus on and like pay attention to because it's something that we haven't really like seen before and like because of like him deteriorating basically and like it kind of hurts to watch like I'm a little bit invested in it and ah it's just like I think actually this was like a reference to a post I should definitely start bookmarking these posts so I can credit the um posters but yeah it was like basically like we've been so bored of frank the last like couple of seasons because it's basically just the recycled frank storyline but with like a different person a different drug or a different substance that just is like repeat over like rinse and repeat and like we've been bored because it seems like william h macy also seems like he's bored because it's just the same thing over again and like i feel like this new storyline is something new that like we haven't dealt with on the show and also like william h macy is given such like a big like thing now to help like give his character like the big bang out and it seems like he actually like it's because like me and you we've talked about this show for years and like this is the first time me and you both agree together that we're like we're actually interested and we're like almost have sympathy and like we want to know what's happening compared to every other episode i'm like i don't care what frank did i don't know i don't want to know what he's doing i don't want to know who he's hurting or doing whatever but like I'm like, what's what's happening? Like, is he like, what's gonna happen to him? Like, what's gonna escalate from that? And it seems like it's like he's also playing into the character more because he's also like, I need to see what's gonna happen to, and also like give it more than just like drunk Frank, robber Frank, scam yeah. Frank. Maybe that's also why they had in the first episode him being like the historian of the South Side, saying all the things he remembers about the South Side because now he doesn't remember fucking anything. Ooh, damn, like foreshadowing almost like he was given such a big like, here's all this. And now he's like, I don't remember what I said 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And I I know I like the scene of him in the kitchen, like trying to recruit people to help because I pretty much love any scene where Noel and William H. Macy get to like be in a scene together. Mickey and Frank scenes like hit a little different. They're really funny. I like like especially like domestic Mickey, like in the house. Like those I love them. But yeah, in conclusion, we're interested in Frank and that's interested a new in thing. Frank, and I'm William H. Macy is doing a really good job this season. Like he's it, like he seems like more animated even with like we can tell what's going on if that makes any sense like it sounds like it's definitely a build-up to something sad that's gonna happen but like he's still like as like peppy as like he's been previous seasons even though he's like losing his mind now (laughs) yeah only took you 11 years but i'm now interested in the character that you want me to assume was the main character the whole time also we forgot to mention what it was yesterday right was the 10 year anniversary of shameless yeah yesterday when 1104 aired was the 10 year anniversary of shameless and they made like two instagram posts about it and they i think they they did um, a Sirius XM uh, interview live stream with a bunch of the cast. I was going to watch that at some point, which is like, I think they had all the main people, like the main cast on for it. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I know there's like one uh, clip of Noel saying, oh yeah, I have many serious moments. Like that time that Noel, that Cam hit me in the face with a dildo. It was very serious I, moment. I love that scene because literally on like in the actual show you can see Noel break right at the last second he starts laughing right after it hits him and I'm you can see him laugh and you can see Cam like throw his head back and clap I'm like that wasn't Ian and Mickey that was Noel and Cam I love it I'm so glad that they kept that little snippet in 
But before we go off on more of a tangent like that, let's wrap up the mini-sode because we have to record the real episode as well. This will be out before uh, before the Hall of Shame airs, before the next Hall of Shame airs. And we're going to try to record as many of the end of season two as we can and get them out to you as fast as possible. Maybe a little bit of a faster uploading schedule so that we can get into season three while season 11 is still going. Yes. Make it or break it. We're going to put all of our follow us on everything in our bio or in the description of the show notes and uh, just the Instagram for, and the Twitter for the show are luck. We had pod. You can email us at luck. We had pod at gmail.com. Okay. This is going to wrap up the mini sode and then we're going to get to the main episode. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.